0: Word. he is God incarnate, he's my all in all, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm glad I know who he is, how about you? Amen, amen. I'll get into the word of the Lord this morning, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 your Bibles and would like to turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I will begin about verse number 45 down through verse number 49. I'm glad you're here this morning. To our guests that are with us, God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistine this day until unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a god in Israel and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. But David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead and he fell. Everybody say he fell. And he fell. I feel led of the Lord to talk to you this morning. I I know people are traveling and I am glad people are able to get away, but I wish the whole congregation was here today because I am going to talk about a subject that I feel that needs to be spoken about in this congregation today. We're going to talk about conquering giants. Conquering giants. Lord, be with us this morning. Let the word of the Lord live, be the living word to us this morning. Let the word of God come forth in our hearts and minds with power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. I pray for the inspiration of your spirit this morning upon the speaker today. Lord, I pray, God, that I become your oracle, Lord, that I just am your mouthpiece, that I speak what you d- thus saith the Lord, and God, that every word finds its lodging place in the hearts of God, that we respond to what you are wanting to do in our midst, and we pray this in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, let's conquer our giants. You can be seated. Perhaps the devil's been telling some folks that you will never overcome the giants, in your life. Everybody deals with them. Some are greater than others. I'm not talking about the small things in your life this morning. I didn't feel to come and talk about those things, but I feel inspired of the Lord today to talk about some of the real giants that are in our lives. Some of the big things. How many of you already know what I'm talking about this morning? Not talking about little small hang-ups, not talking about little small issues in our lives, but I'm talking about things that we have battled with before and seen that we have a difficult time gaining the victory, or we have a difficult time keeping the victory. We're going to call those giants in our lives. I want you to say giants. We're talking about giants, I, I but I did come to serve the devil notice this morning that every one of us can conquer the giants that have been intimidating us by the power that is in the name of Jesus. You will never be able to overcome it on your own. You will never be able to overcome it within your own power. It will require the hand of the Lord, and it will require the strength of the Lord to overcome. You you may feel like that you're no match for the giant, and you're right, you within your own power, are no match for the giants in our lives. That's why that step programs and things of this sort constantly remind us that uh, once we are an addict, we're always an addict. Once we have a hang-up, we're always pronged to that hang-up. And and I get the the humanistic side of those uh, teachings and those ideas, but I am coming this morning to tell you By the power of the Lord, those giants can can be conquered. You don't have to always say, once an addict, always an addict. They can be conquered in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, even the greatest giants in our lives. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace are upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. We love the healing part, but we miss the first portion of what I just quoted to you. We are wounded for, he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The word iniquity means the greatest and largest, the worst of sins, the things that we battle with. That is what I'm going to be talking to you about today. It is something that I am going to call giants in your life, but it is the iniquities, it is the large things, it is the great things in our lives that we constantly battle with and deal with that seem to always raise their head, and we do good if we can just just stay on top of it for a few days. Now let me take us to our text this morning and talk a little bit about the background story to get to where I feel the Lord really wants me to talk today, because I do believe that we have leaders in the room, I do believe there are people with leadership ability, there are people with talents, gifts, and callings. There are people that God wants to use in certain ways. There are things that every one of us can do that nobody else can do. That is a calling of the Lord. That is a gift of the Lord. God has called you to do things that not everybody else can do. There are general callings. We're all called to be soul winners. But then there are individual callings and giftings that come. Somebody spoke to me about someone the other day and said they're incredibly talented Gifted, anointed, and, um, and and some of us may have more gifts and more talents in certain areas where others, their gifts and talents may seem to not be important to us at all, but their gifts and talents are in a whole different arena, a whole different element of life. And that's what makes the church, the kingdom of God, so incredibly important is because we are a body that is, we are a building that is fitly framed together. And so uh, we, we all have a significance. We all have a level of importance. One cannot say to the other that I'm more important than you. The mouth can say I have no, no need of the ear. I have no need of hearing. And, and if if all, all we have are just people with voices and nobody that can listen or vice versa, we run into a problem. So let's get into the the text this morning uh, where we are dealing with David who um, went on to a battlefield to conquer one such giant. Now, David, let's, let's begin here. David was not a warrior. David had no experience. David was a shepherd among trained men of war. So he was not gifted in that area. So it begins, this narrative begins with somebody trying to do something that was out of the ordinary and out of the realm of their gifting and training. You with me? I got to hear an amen from you It's Sunday morning. So David was not a warrior. David was a shepherd among men of war. This was no common battle now that the people of God were in. They were fighting man-to-man like gladiators would have fought in in the arenas. His David's brothers, now, they were trained men of war. They were trained much like the gladiators. They were special forces, if you please, that could fight hand-to-hand combat. But David was not... Such a trained warrior. David was a trained musician. He was a psalmist. David was a songwriter. He was a worshiper. He had a whole different background. His training, and he was young, so he did not have the experiences in life. He did not have, uh, he he couldn't, couldn't look upon the stories that he had heard. For most of his time, he spent alone with sheep. David didn't belong on the battlefield. It wasn't the area where he was comfortable with. He was out of his element on the battlefield. But God had marked David for greatness. Anybody in the room feel that you've been marked for greatness? David was a child marked with, with the promise of, of a destiny that would change the world. David was to be king of Israel. He knew he was more than just an errand boy and more than just a shepherd. Now stay with me for a moment today because I want you to put your life in this narrative or you'll miss everything that we're going to talk about today. David knew that there was a king inside of him. But he had to endure the process to get to his promise. Don't miss the small things that lead to greater things that God has in store for you. Because you can't bypass the process and ever be truly successful. Because small things in the kingdom of God lead to greater things. The scripture says when we are faithful over the few that then he will make us leader over many. So there is a responsibility to the process that God is working in every one of our lives and it will begin with small things. It will begin with learning the basics of humility and submission and and dealing with small things so God can elevate you to a greater place. You will never wake up one morning and find yourself the great leader that you always wanted to be without the process. Because small things always lead to greater things. There's always a process that will lead you to the promise I want you to say that with me there's a process to the promise all right wake up your neighbor I need everybody to say that with me there is a process to the promise got, I got about got about 18 of you with me there is a process to the promise. Now I'm going to teach here for a little while and then we're going to allow the Lord to move and do what he wants to do. So this first portion, you're going to have to stay with me here so I can walk you through some steps in this process to get to where we are going to deal with some of the giants that are in our lives. We can never ignore the process or we will alienate or disqualify ourselves from the promise. So David was anointed king but he couldn't let that get in his head this is where a lot of folks struggle it is that they they know that they're anointed to walk in great places but they struggle with the days of small things and so until we pass the test of small things we can never move to greater And greater in of itself is a process because it's not the greatest. We seek after the greatest gift. We seek after our great gift or our best gift. But we have to walk through processes of always facing greater things in our life. Always tackling greater projects. Moving to the next. And without that process we will never leave the confines of world. So there's a process that David had to go through before he got to the crown. He could never get to the kingdom until he conquered the battles on the shepherd field. First there was a shepherd's field battle with lions and bears and then there was a, a battle on a warf, of warfare with a giant in his life. But then his greater battles were still ahead of him. And that was the battle that he had to face in his kingship. Because that battle could have cost him his soul. So when we bypass that, what we are doing is putting ourselves in a battle that we are incapable of fighting. We're unprepared to fight. There are a lot of people who would never reach their destiny because they're not enough to deliver a lunch. Lunch delivering was part of his process. His father took him, gave him some bread and some cheese and sent him to the battlefield not to fight, but to deliver those who were fighting lunch. Wait a second, David was anointed king. He had kingship in him, but he had to go through the process because there's no shortcut. Listen, I want to speak to every young person. I didn't know they were going to be in the room this morning, so I'm going to di- digress here just a little bit. But every person that is seeking leadership and trying to grow in leadership, let me let me give you a few words this morning because I want you to get what I am talking about. There are a lot of people that will never reach their destiny because they're not humble enough to do the medi- the, 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 the mediocre jobs of today. I'm talking to some people that could easily abort your destiny because somebody has got in your head and got you thinking that you were too important to be an errand boy. If you want to write something down or tweet it, it's fine with me, but we need to get comfortable doing less than we think we are. That's called a season of preparation. This may not be popular, but this is powerful. And if you don't pass the test of preparation, you will spend the rest of your life never reaching your destiny, always frustrated and always fighting with those that are above you. When you see people that constantly fight with people who are in authority, that people that are above them, it is because somewhere through their life, they skipped a process and never learned the lesson. And they tried to go conquer things that were greater than them. And it leads to their fall. It leads to their demise. It leads to every every imaginable disaster can happen because they, they skipped a portion of the process. Were they wrong in thinking they had kingship in them? No, absolutely not. It was that they were not willing to deliver lunch. So we have to pass the test of preparation. Let me me speak to those those young adults that may be in the room today or those, those those young families that are just getting started. Don't complain about your underpaid position if it's leading to something greater. Because the experience that you are getting in the underpaid position will eventually lead. If it's leading, if it's not leading you somewhere, if it's dead end, you need to get out of that and move into something that is taking you to something that is greater. Because God has greater in you. Uh, Let me just minister to somebody. If you are in a dead-end position, get out of it and ask God to lead you to the next place. Let him lead you to the next place before you get out of where you are because I don't believe you ought to quit your job and say, well, pastor said for me just to quit what I'm doing. You need to start seeking God for the next step. Learn every lesson you can. But there ought to always be room for promotion and elevation and growth so you can go to the next place. That's what God has for you. So instead of complaining about our underpaid position, let's be the best doorkeeper. Let's be the best cupbearer. Let's serve a glass of water in the name of Jesus the very best we can until he says, now I'm going to move you from where you are to the next place. Listen, listen, listen. Here is the struggle of many. We are seeking the position. We are seeking the title instead of seeking position to serve and letting God elevate. Here's what the scripture says. The scripture says, if you fall upon the stone, you will be broken, but if the stone falls upon you, you will be ground to powder. Let let me help you with this. When When we are seeking, when we are always seeking the affirmation of title, seeking the affirmation of the next position, seeking the affirmation of the next move, and that's what we're seeking after, then our focus is not where we are. I felt this in prayer last night. I I was moved deeply last night in prayer. I I, I spent the night tossing and turning, and the Lord wakened me up, and I felt it in prayer. I was asking God for some specific words and for some specific direction for the church, and here's where it is. I believe that too many of us are seeking position and title instead of seeking to serve where we are. And in due season, if if we will reap in due season if we faint not but we've got to keep holding the door we've got to keep doing what we're doing where we are until God says now you have passed the test you never decide you never decide when you've passed the test the teacher decides when you pass the test and when God says you're serving well he will automatically elevate you if you're trying to serve always Always serving with a bad attitude of why am I not here? Why You will never be there. Once we learn to serve the Lord with gladness. Nobody going to help me preach this morning. You'll never find your destiny with a bad attitude. Serve the Lord with gladness. Look at your neighbor and tell them serve the Lord with gladness. Turn to the next neighbor and tell them, serve the Lord with gladness. Some of you haven't moved. You haven't told anybody anything. That's because you need some gladness in your heart. Now turn to somebody and tell them, come on, with a smile on your face, serve the Lord with gladness. That's not my words. That's the scripture. Oh, no, I'm not serving him with gladness until I get some elevation. You will never get elevation until we learn to serve the Lord with gladness right where we are. With joy you draw water out of the well of salvation. We must grow where we are before God takes us to the next plateau. When you don't get the position, serve the Lord with gladness. When you don't get what you want, when your idea wasn't the idea of the group, serve the Lord with gladness. When you don't get your way, serve the Lord with gladness. A surefire way to, uh, to never be elevated is to serve the Lord with a bad attitude or serve the ministry with bad attitude or serve in any capacity with a bad attitude. My father tells a story of his first pastorate in his younger years uh, when I was only a baby. He, he was pastoring a little church in East Texas and he was... He didn't have a lot of men in the church, and those that were there worked off and traveled. And there, uh, every Saturday, he mowed the churchyard and, uh, with a push mower, and it was a pretty good-sized churchyard, I don't know, an acre or two. And, and I, I remember my father mowing that yard uh, years later. This was before I would have a memory, but I always remembered my dad telling this story. Anytime somebody came along... And uh, said, "Man, why in the world are you mowing the grass at the church? Can't some of the other people mow? You, you, you work a full time job. You come in here. He, Dad did visitation, and and um, on on Saturday that was his day to do evangelism and outreach. And he started early and all day. He just did evangelism and outreach, and the church grew and prospered. And in that, he often had to mow the churchyard and." One day he was out mowing the churchyard in that Texas heat and humidity and it was hot and he's mowing the grass and he's, he's, he's mowing out across the front of the churchyard and he said... I got so frustrated that I'm the only one doing anything around here, and nobody else is doing anything, and I'm I'm always out here having to mow the grass, and nobody's coming and volunteering, and there's people that live right here in close proximity that could come over and do it in the an evening, and here I am out here, and I'm pushing this lawnmower, and I'm the only one doing anything around here, and he said, I got to talking to the Lord about it, and I was in a bad frame of mind, and I didn't have any joy, and I was frustrated at what I'm doing and he said I finally shut that lawnmower off and I said that's it I've done enough I've done my part and he said he turned around and started to walk in the house and he said the Lord spoke to him with a question and the Lord said what is your part he said I turned around started the lawnmower up started right back mowing. And from that point forward, he said, I never another time told the Lord I had done my part. He said, I just prayed for that the Lord would send me help. The day came that, that the church grew and there were enough people there that other people came and helped and Dad could be doing evangelism and outreach and Bible study teaching and whatever needed to be done on, on Saturdays instead of him being out mowing the churchyard. But God eventually made away. My point to you this morning is this, when we are working in things that seem to be beneath us, and we're working with, with a bad attitude, and things aren't going the way that we think that it ought to go, and we get a bad attitude, elevation will never come. It, when we expect a title, an increase, a movement, a blessing to bring us joy and that is the only thing that brings us joy and serving is beneath us. We are missing the point of the scripture that I just quoted. The Bible doesn't say get elevation with joy. It said serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. My my separation from the world, my sacrifices, my giving, all of these things. He loves a cheerful giver. This isn't just one place we find this in the scripture. What we do, we must do with joy and with gladness. Somebody ought to put a smile on your face this morning and say, God, I serve you with joy. I serve you with gladness. I serve you because I want to, not because I am being demanded and commanded to, but I serve you because I love you. And we have to be wise enough to know why we're fighting. This is important. Why are we warring? Why are we fighting? We may be fighting a bear over a lamb, but we better know why we're fighting because we are no match for a bear unless God has ordered it for our future. See, the reason some people lose out is because they think they're called to what they want to do instead of what God has really called them to do. A lot of people that lose out along the way, they get confused in their mind is because they're seeking something that is a desire and not a calling. There is a difference between, is this okay on Sunday morning? I know it sounds like I'm talking to a group of ministers here this morning, and I am because God's called every one of us to grow and to become. I'm trying to help somebody this morning. We have to decide, why are we fighting a bear over a lamb? It better be because God has prepared it for us, otherwise the bear will get us. We will fall, it, it'll be, the, 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 the work of ministry, the work of preparation in of itself will destroy us because we're doing what, we're, what we desire to do and not what we're truly called to do. God chose David to fight another man's battle over a lamb to prepare him for his destiny. Watch. That wasn't David's David's lambs he was fighting for. He was watching his father's sheep. It was his job, but it wasn't his. So if if a lamb died, what has David lost? Nothing. David loses nothing if the lamb dies. If the bear gets the lamb, David loses nothing. But David had to be faithful over another man's lamb and fight a bear over another man's lamb before God could ever move him to the next battle. If you're wondering where you're going, the clues of where you're going can be found in where you have been. Because if all you have had is a nice walk in the park, you're probably not going very far. When when your life is riddled with complaints about all you've been through, you're probably not going to go very far. But when you're serving the Lord with joy and serving the Lord with gladness and your life is riddled with bears and lions and tigers, when your life is riddled with struggles and you don't have a bad attitude along the way, you you have kept the right spirit through all that you have gone through and they're not even your lambs, God says, okay, now they're ready for elevation and ready to move to the next place. If you haven't fought much, you're not prepared for much. My Lord, have mercy. I, 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 I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. I'm, I'm speaking to some folks today that have been wondering the why of the battle. It's because of where God's trying to take you to. have to fight battles that are greater than you and harder than you could handle in the flesh and win victories that are greater than you before God is going to put you in authority and in leadership at a level where that's going to be what you deal with on the daily. David interacted with people that were beyond him long before he was placed in that position of authority. They were men of war. He was out of his league. He couldn't talk war with them. They were special forces. They were gladiators. He was a shepherd boy. He was in over his head. But they were afraid of their opponent. But David, with no credentials, saw it from a whole different perspective. Because you know what he did with his past battles? Instead of complaining about having to fight the the bear... on the battlefield over a lamb that wasn't his he could have told the narrative could have sounded completely different he could have said yeah well listen to this one day I was out I was watching sheep that weren't mine because that was what my father made me do and I got out there watching and out came a bear and I knew that I was going to get in big trouble if I didn't fight the bear and I got out fighting the bear and the bear he was hurting me he was biting me he was doing all these terrible things to me and I was weary and had to slept for weeks and it, it it fell on the wrong day of the week and it was everything in the world was wrong with was wrong in the in and 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 eventually well the bear died but i got a bad attitude about that fight that's not how he handled it all as a matter of fact when they said the battle of the giant is too great for you said, no, 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 it's not too great because the Lord will be with me because let me tell you, one day I faced another giant that was too big for me. It was a bear on a shepherd field and all I had was a was was a harp and a, and a sling and that, that was all I had and I was on a shepherd field and when the bear came, the Lord strengthened me and I was able to kill that and the same God that, that allowed me to overcome that battle on the shepherd field is the same God that's going to give me the victory over the giant that is defying the armies of the living God. That's what the scripture said, that David, how he handled the struggles of his past. They saw Goliath as an impossibility. David saw Goliath as an opportunity. Your perspective has everything to do with the outcome of your battle. I struggle with people who serve with bad attitudes, just so you know. Our perspective has everything to do with the outcome of our battle. We will never kill a giant if we're arrested by fear. Listen, all the men that were running and hiding, they had protective clothing, they had training, they had gear, they had weapons, but David had courage. You've got to have courage to fight a giant. You've got to have courage to fight a giant if all that you are sending up in the atmosphere is how tired you are and how weary you are and how worn out you are and how many battles you've already lost, you're probably not ready to fight the giant. But if you understand that you're only here by the mercy and grace of God, if you understand it was not your intelligence, your training, your position, your money, your good looks, if you understood you are where you are only by the grace of God and the same grace of God that brought you to where you are, you are, it's the same grace of God that will allow you to bring down the giant that wants to defy you and what God has for your future. Now you're ready to get on the battlefield and say every stronghold must come down. Everything that is coming against me must come down. Oh, somebody ought to give God a shout of praise right now. here's the deal, our past is connected to our future. Does that mean my past can prevent me? No, 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 you can make a change today. The issue is if you're a complainer, you need to start serving the Lord with gladness. You need to turn every test that you've been through into a testimony instead of into an opportunity for us to complain about how bad life has been. Am I too strong this morning? Is everybody all right in the house this morning? David probably didn't know the struggle with the lion and the bear was preparing him to fight the fight of his life. We have to stop whining about how bad we had it, have it, and have had it, and start thinking about the opportunity that God is sitting before us. Some days I want to send a thank you card to every person that has caused me grief and say thank you because that was part of what God had for me so that I could grow to become the man I am to face the next giant. If we get bitter about our past battles that are preparing us to face the giant, then we will never have the courage to face the giant. We will instead become intoxicated with the attention of our past losses. Say this with me, everybody, deals with giants. Everybody deals with giants. Come on, say it again. Everybody deals with giants. I'm in good company because every one of us deal with giants. Nobody's exempt. When the devil comes against you, you're not alone. When the enemy comes against you, when the giant, you are not alone. Everybody deals with giants, but not everybody has God on their side. And if God be for us, Mm -hmm, everybody deals with giants, but we all deal with different giants. Some deal with the giant of anger, poverty, poverty. Lying, insecurity, unforgiveness, Uh even addiction. And addiction is not always nicotine and alcohol and drugs. Sometimes addiction is pornography and gambling. And sometimes it is even all the chemicals that are released because we just love to get angry because we like how it makes us feel. And it can become intoxicating and an, an addiction. We need to name our giant today because giants can be conquered before we leave this house today. You can make a, no, 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 no. It's not a one one and done. It's not a one fighting over. But I am telling you, you can make up your mind today. I'm tired of complaining and acting like I'm the only one that's facing a giant. I'm tired of being the victim. I'm tired of being a complainer. I'm going to turn this around and declare the same God that let me let me win the last battle to be to where I am today is the same God that will allow me to defeat the giant that I'm facing in my future. Somebody needs to name your giant today because giants can be conquered in this service. Goliath is not in opposition, he's an opportunity. The payoff for defeating the giant was a position change. He got to marry the king's daughter. No more taxes for the rest of his life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That means everything points toward prosperity. And the third thing was David's entire family would be blessed because of his victory. And that may be the most important one. I want you to get that one if you're writing them down. David's entire family would be blessed because of his victory. One thing you need to know is that you have to be faithful fighting another man's Goliath before you will ever receive your own assignment. David risked his life fighting a bear and a lion with his hands when it would have personally cost him nothing if the, if the lion had a destroyed the lamb. But he fought the battle when it didn't benefit him because God was preparing him. Watch, Goliath also wasn't David's battle. Goliath was Saul's battle. We talk about David winning the battle, his battle. It wasn't his battle. Goliath was Saul's battle. But Saul didn't have the courage and the men he trained didn't have the courage. God looked on a shepherd field and found a man that was not even cut out to be out there fighting to say, I'm going to take him and I'm going to elevate him. Listen, it doesn't always make sense but what you've been going through, God may be ready to position you into something you're not even trained for. And provision in the winning. I won't be much longer. The truth is, your giant will probably not be the last giant that you fight, because we talk about the giant that David fought on the battlefield, but we 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 miss. Because the giant David fought on the rooftop like to have destroyed him, except he found the place of repentance. You may be fighting some, some giants that aren't yours. Let me break it down and make it a little more clear for you. Grandpa never killed anger, and your dad never killed anger, so you fight anger. Because anger has become normality for you. And so it just seems to be normal. It is your normal, but it's not God's normal. There is a benefit in winning this battle because your entire family will be blessed. When we talk about generational curses, this is what we're talking about. Because when you say it's stopping here and it's stopping with me, that means whoa. It means your children will not fight the same battle that you have fought, that your daddy fought and lost, and your grandpa fought and lost. You don't have to fight and lose. You can fight and win and declare that my entire family is going to be blessed because I am willing to conquer the giant that has defied my family for generations. Oh, somebody ought to put your hands in the air right now and declare every stronghold is coming down. Every stronghold is coming down. Every giant is dying. It is, I shall have victory. Oh, come on, lift your voice and lift your hands and give God praise in the room right now. Stand with me all over the room. Kill the giant now so your kids don't have to keep fighting your giant. Don't make your children fight your giant. Kill that addiction now so the rest of your family and generations into the future don't have to. They'll be blessed by you instead of cursed by you. Come on, you can conquer that giant. You can conquer that giant. The Holy Ghost is in the room right now. The Holy Ghost is in the room right now. There's some folks. I I, I just I, I haven't waxed so eloquent this morning, but I have come with what I know the Lord laid on my heart. I know what God put in my spirit this morning, and I am coming to tell somebody you you can conquer the giant that you have been you have been battling and you have had the courage. Some maybe have been cowing down and not standing and fighting and being strong, but you can conquer that battle this morning. Conquered the battle, we give rejoice. We rejoice in the fact that he picked up the stone, slung it. That only stunned Goliath. But what actually ended Goliath was when David took the weapon from Goliath's side, the sword, and he took off the head of Goliath. Watch. David didn't have a sword. As a matter of fact, he said to the giant, you come. He said to Goliath, you come at me with a sword and a spear. I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he took the very weapon that was intended to destroy his life, take his own life. And he used it to conquer the giant. The things that the enemy, the weapons that the enemy have used against you, why don't you reverse those and turn those around and declare God's going to allow me to use the very things you've been using to try to kill me to become my testimony of what you have done in my life. Come on, God is wanting to elevate somebody today, but you've got to conquer the giant. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed all over the room right now. God is is speaking to hearts right now. Some are already moving. If you want to join here in the front of the room, walk to the front of this room right now. Come on, if you've got some giants that you need to conquer, these altars are open. We're not going to just go into a season of singing. We're coming forward for prayer. We're coming forward for prayer right now. Come on, let's seek the Lord today. Those things you've been battling, why don't you put them under your feet this morning? Why don't you declare, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Come on, the Lord is speaking to hearts this morning. The Lord is speaking to hearts. Come on, let your your prayer out this morning. Open your mouth. Open your heart right now and talk to the Lord. Come on, let's seek the Lord right now. this morning if you know that you've got a giant in your life that you need to conquer I want you to walk we're just going to reserve this area right here in the front if you just step forward if you know there's a giant in your life if there's anybody that's facing a giant in your life I want you to step forward right here don't be ashamed join these that are here right here across the front time join us here if there's a real giant in your life now here's what I want you to do if there's an elder, a minister, anybody in the room that has conquered giants and you have defeated them and God has brought you through to victory I want you to walk down right here I want you to walk in front of them because you're going to lay hands and pray for them right now I need some of you that have conquered giants I want you to come right now Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, come on, this is a brave and bold step, this is a brave and a bold step, the enemy is trembling right now at the decision that some of you have made this morning, the enemy's trembling right now, everybody else in the room, I want you to extend a hand forward right now. We're going to pray under the unction of the Holy Ghost and by the power that is in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Come on, everybody in the room praying right now. By the power and authority of the Word of God and by the power that is in the name of Jesus, I speak to every giant. I speak to every stronghold. I speak to every mountain. Lord, that may have come against every child of God that is... Lord step forward with courage and faith God I declare right now in the name of Jesus that stronghold must come down that stronghold must be broken in the name of Jesus by the power of the almighty God let that stronghold be broken let that stronghold come down